It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today I thought I'd read you something from Colossians 2, the uh, second chapter, starting with the 6th through the 10th verses. You know, those of us who are working among, among other people outside who are, who, you know, who knows what they believe and and uh, well, sometimes I even tell myself, who cares? Because there's there's just so much, you know, that uh, that's going on out there that it, it's very confusing at times. And you wonder how um, anybody has any faith in anything or anyone because of the situations that you encounter, or you see, or, or, or see, or you you hear about uh, in the workplace. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, having been fully rooted, building up in him, and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, overflowing with gratitude. Let's take a quick break there. You know, that, that is a product of our faith, of our love for God, that people see within us, appreciation for those things around us, uh, even even those people around us, no matter what their situation may be. We still appreciate life. We appreciate the, the chance we have to serve God. That is this gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Let me break once again there. You've got to remember that Satan appeared to Eve in the Garden of Eden and gave her a spiel that she fell for. And those are these elementary things that have been around since creation, so to speak. And the things that we need to be aware of and be able to understand that they are dangerous and they can be uh, the very thing that may separate us from the love of God, which, of course, if you are in Christ, that is impossible. But you still have to remember these things that the apostle here wouldn't have said, you know, for us to be aware of this and to and to and, and that's another thing. You you have to be aware of it. If you don't know what's going on in the world around you, how do you battle against it? That's like having no battle plan at all. You need to be aware of what people think and why they think that way. You know, be smarter than them. 
Be more aware than them. And then what you have may mean something to them because they'll realize this guy's kind of on the same page I am as far as understanding what's going on, yet he seems to know a little something more about something that's really important because so many of these things in the world are not important. We have what's important. We have the message that's important. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. So as we see things going on in this world that we know are wrong, and we wonder, how in the world would anybody go along with that? You know, that's my first thing that hits my brain. It's like... Why would they be so stupid or ignorant about something that they would go along with that? Well, guess what? They don't know God. They don't know his precepts, and they don't obey him. We are at a different level. We are at a level of understanding that separates us from this world. Remember that as we partake of these emblems.
morning. Where we're at in uh, an incredible thing, and I about the church in Thessalonica, where we're at in our uh, Sunday morning class, just in those early in those early chapters and verses. One thing that stands out about that body so so well, find in chapter one verses six and on. And you, that is Paul talking to the church, the body there, you did become imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the spirit of holiness, so that you became patterns to all those believing in Macedonia and Acacia. For from you, Thessalonican body, hath sounded forth the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, or Achaia, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that, but also in every place your faith towards God did go forth, so that we, that we being the, the apostolic the apostolic party, the apostolic authority, we have no need to say anything. They were so on the nose. They were such good learners, and that was so, so greatly appreciated by Paul. They had the truth. They had the word of the Lord to speak and share. And I pray that these gifts, these funds go to continue our doing the same. I'm, we don't need apostles on the earth today. We have their doctrine. That's the beauty of the word. We have all all that is necessary for piety, life, all in the, the Lord's word. So appreciate the, the gifts. I appreciate the work. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Good morning. Time for our our journey in the Gospel of Luke. Once again, Jesus of Nazareth, the one sent from God. We'll find it. We'll find that statement confirmed again um, in our text today. In the last part of our our message, um, when we're speaking about um, one of the Lord's miracles again, but in uh, in way of an introduction, I just want to reread from Luke 18 verses uh, 15 through 17 
again to you. That's where we left off. And I don't feel that we, I, I expressed enough concern about that where we left off. That's, um, I was talking about how, what, how Jesus describes a truly repentive person. We all might have an idea about what that looks like. Jesus demonstrates it pretty well when he talks about the children, which is a, a real, real good thought. Looking at uh, Luke 18, 15 through 17 again, we read this. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now, we think, and many have stated, well, then only a child is going to go to heaven. How do we become children once again? That, that's a thought that people have, I always, have always heard it raised. So obviously, there's something more, right? We're not quite understanding uh, how Jesus is putting this. We're not thinking about it in a spiritual sense. We're simply dealing with a physical situation such as the difference between an adult and a child, uh, and that's not the point here. Let me illustrate it to you. What is the point? In Matthew 23, Jesus, in talking to the Pharisees, scribes and other leaders in Jerusalem says this to them. And listen if you can find the word children or babies in here. And this is why I want to bring this up because this is how the Bible is, is written. And he, he said to them after condemning their actions, he says, he goes on to say, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I had longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under his, her wings, you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, I think you picked up the idea of the children of Jerusalem. That is, as God looks at the people of Israel, they are his children, in a sense, for they have come from him. They have covenant with him. We think of a child, we think of a child's um, relationship with their parent. 
is the best way to describe it, I believe. And how a parent tries to help and protect the children, how anyone tries to protect the children from things that would harm them. It's because they are um, they are innocent in many ways, and yet we know that these weren't children, babies, in Matthew 23, because, you see, they were not willing to be gathered together and protected by the Word of God. And because of that, downfall came upon the Jewish nation. I just wanted to start there because it goes on from there in this, one thing after another in this, in this passage, um, in chapter 18. We start with the rich young ruler. <clears throat> and he comes and his, his work, um, his goal is he has some questions he wanted answered by Jesus. I think he was looking for some confirmation on some things. I believe he got some. But verses 18 through 34, and just listen carefully at what is said here. A certain ruler asked him. Uh, some of our passages read young ruler. I think he probably was young. But um, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit the inter uh, uh, eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give fal false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. and You will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this ask, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all that we have to follow you. Tell you the truth, Jesus said to them. No one who has left home and wife and brothers or, or parents
prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. That's, that's quite a thing to say, isn't it? Quite a revelation here. As Jesus said in another place a couple of times, uh, they weren't ready to hear certain things. They just were not ready emotionally, intellectually. They weren't yet compatible and ready for such things. And you've got to remember that people today are in the same situation many times. Not everyone is ready to receive everything all at once. Even if we try to drive it in with a hammer, it's not going to help. Let folks understand as they have ability. But give them every access to that that ability that you can. The rich man could not give up his riches simply to follow Christ. He thought a lot about the law. He understood Judaism. He wanted to continue in this where he could do the good deeds of a Jew, be obedient to the law and the regulations and the customs of the Jews. But to give up his riches and follow Christ, he was not ready for that. You see, he lacked one thing, as Jesus said. But we see this every day. We see this every day in the life of people. Yet the remedy is a better pill for the the worldly person. It is to give up their self-righteous ways and their own thoughts of their position before their Creator and become obedient to Christ and the Gospel. The apostles ask, Who then can be saved? And Jesus said, the the things impossible with man are possible with God. Now you see here, I see hope for uh, for the rich ruler. I see hope for the person that has something that just won't allow them to do it. They can if they hear the right thing, because they hadn't heard everything yet. This this, uh, rich young ruler had not heard the gospel. He had not seen the things that that was going to occur in the days and weeks ahead. So it wasn't time. But with God, through the gospel, through his son, things were possible. We can put these obstacles aside and come to Christ and be found in Christ by obedience to the gospel. And that, friends, is from God himself. Our ability that he gave us in the, in the creation of man, as man was created in his likeness and image, or image and likeness, rather. That's how it is that we can do these things. Don't ever believe somebody if they tell you that you can't do it. 
on your own. You need some sort of zapping from the cosmos to do these things. The Word of God, the power of the Gospel is in the Word of God, and that is how we have faith. Faith comes by hearing, not the cosmic zapping. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of God. That's Romans chapter 10. So then, man does have access to the remedy for his problem. But we must put Christ ahead of all other things. We must become obedient. Forget about your, your wealth. Just be obedient to the gospel. And you'll find you use your wealth, what you have, in serving God, in, in promoting the gospel. Because you are a new creation in Christ. But you've got to forget about it first. Don't let that be a stumbling block or anything else that we have. Great talent or great wisdom or great education. Too much education many times is, is a real problem for people coming to God. Peter's claim that the apostles had left their homes to follow Jesus and be a part of his ministry, was true. And Jesus responds, as he did, about anybody that puts him first and, puts, and, and lets, puts everything else second, both the wife and family and, and everything that we do, that they would, um, what does it say? They would receive many times as much in this age, the age they lived, than the age to come. Uh, this, um, this statement is also found in Matthew chapter 19. I want to read it to you. You ought to make a note. You can write it in your Bible. If you read this, go back and read Matthew 19. It's the same one, but it's got a little additional thing in there that you need to know about. Matthew 19, verse 27 through 30. The same account. Verse 27. Peter answered him, We have left everything, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Now, this is what's been this is this is what's added in, in Matthew. This is the account of Matthew, not the not the account of Luke. Now, Luke wasn't there. Luke got his account from the other people and of course through the inspiration. But this is another thing that Matthew heard. I tell you the truth at the renewal of all things. And if you're wondering what, what that is, that's uh, Revelation chapter 21, right? At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you, now who was, the, who was Jesus talking to again? The twelve, right? The twelve. You. 
just so we know that the you pertains to them. It does not pertain to anyone else. You who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And then the rest is like the other passage in Luke. And everyone who has left houses and brothers and sisters or father and mother or children or fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life or life without end. I want you to know that, that there, there is a two accounts there and it has a very, a very important additional thing for us to know concerning the apostles that also explains why we are so intent on making sure that when we talk about a pronoun, we read a pronoun, that we try to make sure that everyone knows what, what pronoun, who that is referring to. Because if we don't, friends, there are people, when they read that passage I just read, and they see that you who believe in me they're immediately, they got their handle on their suitcase and they're part of the group. And then what? Are they going to be there to judge the 12 tribes of Israel? That's not what it means, friends. There's a, that's a, by the way, there was 12 thrones and if they, got, they must have really big seats on them if everyone's going to be there. So just understand, that's why this is important to know what you're reading, the context, who's being, who's speaking, who's been spoken to. Every pronoun has an antecedent, either before or even sometimes because of the Greek language, after pronoun. We can always find it if we're looking. All right. Now let's continue the last little part of the passage uh, on, a, on a different subject, of course. As I said, <clears throat> um, this is a, it's a travelogue, if you will. Jesus, in these last chapters we've been reading, he's traveling. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Remember where we're at here in, in the Gospel of Luke. By, uh, by chapter 20 here, we're going to have the... Um, the, the, or chapter 19, actually, we're going to have the triumphal entry. Jesus comes into Jerusalem for the last time. Remember where we're at. Jesus is traveling towards Jerusalem. Well, we find this, this account. This is as Jesus approaches Jericho. So he's coming to Jerusalem from the east, okay, He's come through the area of Galilee and Samaria and down. All these things have occurred down that way. And there's a way to go to Jerusalem from the east and the west, of course, or the south. <clears throat> so he's in Jericho. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man, this is in verse 38 or 35, and we'll read through 42. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. 
when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. By the way, it says a large crowd here. In the uh, American New American Standard, it says a multitude. It's a large group of people, friends, were traveling with Jesus. And I imagine as his travels, he added, he added people. Didn't we just find that um, Jesus asked the rich young ruler to come and follow him? He could have been walking with him too. All right. Well, the blind man calls out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now that man's name was um, Bartimaeus, we find in another place. The NIV does not have his name given. <clears throat> but the uh, most of the Gospels, most of the other uh, scriptures do. Bartimaeus cries out, and I love it. But Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. He'd been doing this for some time, as we know, through the chapter after chapter we've been reading here. And it's not just the twelve with him. It's a large company of people called a multitude in the, in the New American Standard, a crowd in other places. But the blind man... Bartimaeus asks of the people around him, what is all this that is happening on the road? He couldn't see. He didn't know. He only knew there was a lot of people coming, a lot of noise. You know what that sounds like when people are coming like that? And the answer was given to him that it's Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. By the way, that's also recorded in Mark chapter 10, verse 14. And then when Bartimaeus, the blind man, see, hears this, he hears the, the word Jesus of Nazareth. We don't know what he knew about him. We don't know what Bartimaeus knew about the Messiah. He might have known a lot. You know, people that have a, a, a disability uh, sometimes with, with sight, they can't see, but you know, when it comes to them being able to feel something with their hands or hear 
or other other things that we just take for uh, you know for uh, what's the word granted yeah things we take for granted theirs becomes heightened it could have been that the things that he heard read in synagogue he start, he had an understanding of the messiah you know they read about the messiah all the time because they wanted to talk about the messiah now they didn't want it some of them didn't want to hear about it when jesus didn't declare himself that, but gave them every illustration he could so that they would make the decision themselves. But because of that, Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. By the way, this is the only place in Luke's gospel that that statement is made, Jesus, son of David. Who is Jesus? Who is the son of David again that the Jews knew about? Was it not the coming Messiah, the coming king of the Jews, the son of David, as as was prophesied, both to David and those that followed? Barameus is saying, he's calling on the Messiah. And what happens to him? The people around him ask him to be quiet and not be bursting out such as that. Don't don't bother the Lord in this way. But here's what follows, as I just read. Jesus hears the cries of Bartimaeus. He hears them. He heard it at least twice that we know of. He recognizes his words. He knows who it is, and he commands that he be brought to him. So they went and and got him and helped him and brought him near Jesus, as the scripture says. And when he had come near, Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? By the way, I would say that Jesus pretty much is asking that question every day, every hour of the day to the world that lives right now. What do you want me to do for you? Now, before you can answer that question, you better find out what it is and who he is and what it is he is is there for. Why would he ask that question? What do you want? But he answers, Bartimaeus answers and says, Lord, that I might receive sight. Jesus simply says, receive your sight. And he, But he goes on to say, and uses a verb I want to talk about that's in the Greek. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's V-E-Z-O, verzo is, is the, the verb. In the phrase, your faith has healed you. Uh, this is where this verb is found. And that word, um, I noticed that my translation says healed. Uh, there are those that, that say saved. And here's the reason why. <clears throat> 
Jesus is talking about about this man knowing that he is the Messiah. That's the key to this whole thing. He believes that this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is the Messiah. And this this Greek verb means to save, to preserve, to rescue. Isn't rescue the same as redeemer? To be redeemed? To make well even. To make well or be made whole. And this has a way of preserving or saving the body. But it's more than just that. It's used in the same place for physical and spiritual things as far as being saved for something. Jesus goes on to say, the faith, your, has made you well. I just think that's incredible. Uh, And we should recognize and give this man credit for knowing something concerning the Hebrew Scriptures, concerning the Messiah. And I believe that he did. And I think the reason is because of his condition. He had a lot of time to listen to the Scriptures. He had a lot of time to think upon them. He was a beggar. He couldn't see. He couldn't work. But he survived on what people gave him. We don't know everything about his life. We don't know that if there wasn't somebody helping him and taking care of him. But even if you had somebody like this in your family, you would allow them to beg to help sustain themselves even though you were helping them too. That was the custom of the day. Jesus knew that that blind Bartimaeus believed that he was the one sent from God, the Messiah, that would save his people from their sins and heal them. Heal them of their stripes. Isaiah 56, I think it is. To be healed, have our stripes healed, is, is this our sins, friends. It's not our ailments. You know, we can be cured of an ailment and still this body is not going to survive. This is not what we're saved for or into. This is only... The physical end is, is not what we're talking about here. Jesus was confident that this man, not only that, the fact that he received his sight, he could see, he got up and he followed, as it says, and followed Jesus praising God. We can say amen to that. This is saving faith, that he followed Jesus, praising God. Not only that, but the people that saw what had happened, they also praised God. And because of that, Jesus received what he was after, that they would believe that he was sent from God for what? To tell them what they must do. With that, I will, I will bring it to a conclusion. Thank you for your patience this morning. I know my voice is not <clears throat> all there today, but um, the message and the words of it are certainly there. So, 
Let us consider these things this morning as we turn now to our song of invitation and consideration. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.